Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? So happy to be in the studio today. You got me and Sir Trenton of Gill. I am dun, here. Dun, Trenton of Gill. I need to give you like some intro music or something. I don't know. We do. Just don't yeah. give me like the uh, the awful ones. The awful intro music. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there them. There are some out that there. you're like, ah, that's just not really. That's not fair. <laughs> you know. It like anything Taylor Swift. Yeah, oh yeah, that definitely would not. You know, be it's there. just not fitting. Maybe like Batman. <laughs> I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, we'll give you the Batman <laughs> intro. <laughs> He's, and there he was with his cape. <laughs> There's people listening to this that are like, I have no idea what he's talking about. It's like, it's okay. So today I want to uh, discuss and dialogue with Sir Trenton of Gill about reframing vision. So in in reframing vision, what I mean by this is that uh, in Scripture, Jesus often uh, changes, well, I'll just say Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, you know, changes names, changes occupations, changes direction, changes locations, changes a lot of things, or everything, right? <laughs> it can be inclusive or exclusive, I guess. It's like, he's adding things to me. He's cutting all of these off. <laughs> he told me to go over here. And now, and I now it's over there. Where am I going? <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Just a bunch of people being led by the Spirit. Looks pretty chaotic. It's all right. God's got it. <laughs> Uh, wow, yeah, I just got a uh, vision of, you know, the birds when they're flying together in the sky, mm-hmm. and you, they just, like, all of a sudden change direction, yep. and they don't go the other way. Yeah, It's like the same thing. Yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> like, we're going this way. Oh, <laughs> detour. <laughs> we got to go over here. And it's like, people are sitting there listening, and they're like, no, God does not do that. He will tell you one thing. You will do that for the rest of your life. I'm like, eh, I don't see that anywhere in Scripture, really. I don't. Uh as I look at it, even when he was talking to the prophets, he's like, hey, I need you to go to the potter's house. Uh, why? I have a message for you. Yeah. Couldn't Elijah, just give go him, by the brook. Yeah, you can't just give me the <laughs> message right now. Be like, I got to go do something here. He's like, you wouldn't understand if I gave you the message there. You got to go here. There's a specific reason for you to go there. <laughs> right? And And I do think obedience is tied to understanding. Right. So Uh as you step into obedience, then you start to understand and you're like, ah, you get that aha moment. Uh, I would. Yeah, I would say the understanding comes after obedience. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't understand it, but I'm going to be obedient. And then after you afterwards, you see it and you're like, I've got it. Great, Scott. (laughs) 1.1 gigawatts. (laughs) <laughs> this is just going to be a bunch of movie references. That's that's how we'll run this one. So in Reframing Vision, we're going to be specifically talking about fishers of men and the reframing of um, the analogy of going from a fisherman to fishers of men. And so we're going to read this passage of Scripture out of Luke. Sir Trenton, if you would like to. I surely shall. This is Luke 5, from 1 to 11. It says... Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him, Jesus, and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, 
and asked him to put out a little way from the land. He sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water, let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say, I'll let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, no, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And for amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, for now on you will be catching men, or you'll be fishers you'll of men. be the fishers of men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. So I find this, uh, this passage very interesting. So if you look at it in a contemporary framework, right? So we have Jesus coming onto the scene. He is preaching and ministering to crowds. And Peter is there with his partners, right? And it's he's he's got like a fishing industry, you know? That's his occupation. He's a fisherman, and he does that for his livelihood, uh, to provide for his family. You know, he's not just hobby fishing. You yeah. know, he's out there <laughs> to do that for money. And that is that is his trade, that's his skill, that's his you know, his craft, if you wanna use that terminology, right? <clears throat> and they were fishing all night, and they had not caught anything, and and they let Jesus know this right off the bat after he says, hey, go out here to the deep and, and cast your nets in. And, you know, if you look at this in a historical context and also from a fishing standpoint, during this time, the hotter parts of the day, the fish are not biting and as active. So that's why they fished more at nighttime and into the early morning, which would have still been considered the Jewish night. Um, so it would have probably been super early in the morning is when they were ca uh, putting their nets out, and they're fishing all night, and they haven't caught anything. And so they're already discouraged, Yeah. and then they're like, this dude who's a rabbi. Not, you not know, a fisherman. Non-fisherman. <laughs> so this non-fisherman's going to tell me who, he's the captain, right? Like, he's the captain of the industry. He's like, bro, I've been fishing for a hot minute, and we haven't caught nothing. You know, he's like, I know these waters. This is my... My sweet fishing spot, nothing gets caught after this time. Like, it's super hot. The fish are not biting. There's no reason to be doing this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but just to amuse you, <laughs> I will go and do as you said. Right? Because they had respect for rabbis. Yep. Right? So he knew him as a teacher, as a rabbi, as a teacher of the law. And he's like, I'll just entertain him because, one, uh, being a rabbi, a teacher, Came with influence. Obviously, a crowd is following him. So, you know, he's like, you know, I'm going to respect and honor him and and do as he, you know, instructed me to do. And then he sees in that moment this supernatural abundance of this fish that is caught. It, it's like that aha moment for Peter. Like, oh, there's something different about this rabbi. He's not, he, he, it's not that Jesus is a great fisherman, right? It's that he said, no, It's it was his word and his authority and he was like, you do this. And he was like, ah, he sees the abundance, yeah. the supernatural increase. Yeah, it wasn't just fish. It was fish that would break his nets. Yeah, and take out the other boats. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come help us. Oh, we're all going under. Okay, this is not just 
a, a, a awesome catch. He's like, this has never happened in my career yep. ever. Like this is this is like all the fish in this area right now just came here, and we're <laughs> trying to bring them in. <laughs> and and they they dropped everything and they went and they followed him. And Christ says to them that he's going to make them fishers of men. So this is reframing the vision, right? Because prior to the encounter with Christ, they had their own vision of what they were going to do with their lives. Yeah. They had their own vision on what um, that next few years would look like. That you know they probably had ideas of you know expanding their enterprise and buying more boats and getting more fishermen you know and yeah. and really doing all these things entrepreneurial wise and stuff not saying that when you follow Christ you can't do those things i'm saying you do what you're called into right so he reframes their vision and he says to them i'm going to make you a fisher of men ah i love that because he yeah. met them where they were yeah you know, I'm really glad that Jesus didn't tell Peter, like, hey, follow me. You're going to be crucified on an upside-down cross. It's going to be good times. Come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have been the way. He'd be like, wait, what? I'll stay here and fish. <laughs> like, you know? It's like, oh, don't worry about it. They're they're going to kill me first. <laughs> oh, that makes it better. Thanks. <laughs> right? That would have been a weird conversation. And I love the fact here that Jesus knows exactly what to say to them, and he knows exactly how to handle them. And every one of the disciples was different, right? And Jesus has a unique way of ministering, teaching, and training each one of them. Yeah. And with Peter, he is he is reframing that occupational setting, and also the, the other men that was with him. He was reframing, hey, yeah, you guys were fishermen, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men, right? Like, you're not going to be just doing this as an occupation, you're going to be bringing them in by the net fools, and it's not going to be for your own sustenance. It's going to be for advancing the kingdom. Yeah. You know? And the significance of it, I don't think a lot of people understand if putting themselves back in that time period. It's not like they were like, well, if it doesn't work out, you know, we'll get government food stamps, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, they that, left That was their livelihood. Everything. That was everything. Yeah. That was big. Mm-hmm. And they would have been supporting families. They would have had uh, responsibilities that they had to do and mm-hmm. fulfill. And it's like, well, yeah, those things are still very much real. But when Jesus comes into the scene and he begins to reframe your uh, vision and your occupation and your destiny, and that's why I'm I'm a big proponent of people not uh, typecasting themselves and putting themselves into just one kind of lane it's like oh well god's called me into this so i can't do anything else it's like no be led by the holy spirit right in one season he'll have you doing this and another season he'll call you to do that but if you get your identity stuck in what you're doing you'll miss who you are right it's about being not doing and whatever you are doing while you're being you will fulfill it to your full potential because you're doing it unto the lord right Mm. seek first the kingdom right when you seek first the kingdom you gain your identity as a son or daughter in Christ, right? So it doesn't matter if in one season God calls you to be a doctor, and then the next season he's like, now I need you to go be a welder. Well, that's really weird. It'll look like I'm a failure. Who cares, right? Because the Holy Spirit's leading you there. It doesn't matter what the world is thinking about you or what you're doing. I mean, dude, I went from being a sniper to being an evangelist, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like... That's that's a change. <laughs> and I left property management to go be a uh, custodian. Yeah. Um, just because that was easier on my studies. 
I just find it so interesting that the it was like you can't be a fisher of men unless you're willing to drop your worldly net. Yes. And leave your spot, like mm. your comfort yep. spot, to go follow Christ. They didn't, and they didn't make excuses. Yeah. I mean, you'll even see later on in the in the Gospels, um, people came up to Jesus and gave a whole bunch of excuses as to why they could Couldn't not follow. Yeah. And they they recognized mm. what they were f- about to follow. Yeah. And so they were willing to leave. Yeah. I just that's amazing to me. And when you think of the the gravity of how it was for Jesus to say that to them, and it already broke the cultural norms, right? Yeah. A rabbi would not have selected disciples who were already in an occupation. That was unheard of. During that day, like you went through, and, uh, and to qualify to even be a disciple, you had to memorize the Torah, you had to do all of these things, you had to, you know, be spotless like Paul was, right? And Peter tells him, Lord, I'm, I'm a sinful man. I'm not even fit to do this. And he's like, you will follow me. And he's like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for him. He's like, I would have never thought in a million years that I would have done it. I already gave that up when I couldn't do this, that, or the other. And we know later on, that he was not as versed in the scriptures, and because they said, we know that that is from the Holy Spirit, because that didn't come from him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Seeing that he was uneducated. Yeah, he's uneducated. He did not qualify. <laughs> he does not know all of these things, but he was willing to be obedient and to uh, and to walk in that reframed vision that Christ had for him. And I think that's a great point, Trenton, is like, well, you still have a choice and an option. They still had a choice and an option. They could have said no. They could have denied it and walked away from it and continued what they were doing or said, man, we've got enough here. We're just going to cash in our chips and hang out and build a palace and, you know, eat grapes and have palm leaves, people waving them at us for fans or whatever else. I don't know what they would do for luxury then, you know. It's like, we would get an in, uh, we would get a toilet, you know. It's like, got to think about the time period, right? It's like, that would have been a big deal. They they had no concept of iPhones, <laughs> nor do I think they would have cared. It'd be like, you have a computer that distracts you all day? <laughs> Why is that a good thing? All right, so the the shift here mm-hmm. and how major it actually is, though. Like, are you willing to go fish for people as you would be willing to fish food for yourselves? Yeah. Like, in both scenarios, death is the inevitable result of your negligence or failure. Um, like, you, you fail to fish for yourself, you're dying physically, right? Yeah. But are you willing to flip that, reverse it, and cast it outward, mm-hmm. your spiritual net, and now say, I'm willing to fish for their sake, not mine? Yeah. That's huge. And that is that is definitely a reframing. That's Whoa. definitely a reframing. Can like, you imagine being a fisherman back then and, like, that's what he's asking you to do? Yeah. You're like, Yeah, you're like, what? I'm not, not qualified at all for this. Like, at all. Like, you, there's, there's this dude back at town. He knows all the Torah. Like, he's really smart, okay? You want a really smart person. He's like, no, nah, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you'll do. And I think it's cool here in, in Luke uh, 5.10, he tells them, he says, do not be afraid. 
from now you you you're going to catch men. Do not be afraid. And I think that that is, you know, we can read scripture very fast and we're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. do not be afraid. You now you're going to catch men. You're going to be a fisher of men. You know, don't be afraid." It's like, no, he was letting him know, "Yes, this is risky." And there is the um the the room for failure. And it is frightening of the yeah. unknown. There is the unknown in this, but do not be afraid. Now you're going to catch men. And it's like, and he's sitting there thinking, and he's making the correlation. Well, if we're catching men, and he sees this crowd, and he sees all of this these fish that he just caught, and he's like, so if this is correlated, if the fish are correlated to the men, he is going to be the one to bring the increase. He's going to tell me where to cast my net. Okay, I need to stay with you. That's hmm. where it's at. You know, that's an interesting point about, like, he's going to tell me where to cast my net, right? Yeah. So, okay, was it required of, I should say, what was required of fishing with nets at that time? You know, like, mm-hmm. you had to wash them to get all the stuff off of them. You had to get the weeds out of them. Um, they were mending them, repairing them, because that's their livelihood. Yeah. Right. Um, but how does this correlate with being spiritual fishers? I mean... Does it mean that we have to travel a great distance to waters that no one has ever been? Is there a lack of fish where we are in the waters that we're currently in? Because that's what Peter thought. Yeah. He was like, dude, there ain't no fish here. Yeah. And he was like, I'll show you oh, fish. but there is. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, right? And so, and I mean, I think that a lot of times people will, because I'll just take the analogy and I'll keep it to what the biblical text was trying to use that for, right? For ministry, we'll mm-hmm. say. So there are there are ministers today who think, well, if God's called me to be a fisher of men, then I need to determine myself where the best location is to fish. I need to think of the best times to be out there. I need to think. Of, I need to have the latest and greatest best nets to be able to do this. And I, I feel like the whole thing is, no, just do what he tells you. If he tells mm-hmm. you to go to a, a mud puddle and cast your net, do it. How do you not know? He, it's supernatural, right? It, doesn't, it does not make any common natural sense, but it is kingdom. Yeah. Right? That's why he's able to take the loaves and the fish later on, and he's able to multiply it. In one instance, how do you know... We'll say ministry, for instance, right? Because that's that's one that's kind of my journey. Is that Lord the Lord started to show me and reframe my vision on what ministry was, right? It's not always behind a pulpit. It's not always with a microphone. It's not it, and it and it can look like a variety of different things. And the Holy Spirit saying, "Hey, will you do this?" Like me and you, we went and and we did a, a men's meeting. We're over there ministering to men, and then all of a sudden. It was like the Holy Spirit was like, nope, there's going to be a divine appointment out in the parking lot. And you had to linger there after we had already done, quote unquote, ministry, right? Yeah. And there was a divine appointment that was there. And I might not even know the significance of that for many, many years, but I knew that I was supposed to stay there. I knew that me and you were supposed to wait on the Lord there. And it it was it was that timing thing. And it was obedience, right? Yeah. And it was cool, <laughs> you know? And people, I think, I think they make it uh, a whole lot more. Oh well, you know, he's called me to be a fisherman. Man, you know those those uh, craton nets are super sweet. You know, I got to get those. I got to have the latest and greatest bass boat to get out there and to do this. And before you know it, and then it's like, did God call you to do any of that? 
oh, no, he just told me to go here and to just go do that. Well, why didn't you go do that? Oh, well, I thought, well, you thought wrong. Yeah. Like, don't do that. <laughs> Why? Because Peter thought he knew where he needed to go, and they spent all night fishing and didn't catch nothing. Yeah. And God tells them something that is not normal in a time and an area, and Peter already knew. He's like, there's not going to be anything here, but I'm going to throw them just for you. And, you know, they were already fixing their nets, and they were already, you know, folding them and placing them up like they needed to be, and he's like, this is an inconvenience, but I will do it. You know, I will be inconvenienced out of respect and honor for him. And out of that obedience led to what? Led to fruit, led to supernatural abundance and understanding. He then gained understanding. Great understanding. I love the fact that Jesus met him where they were, you know, and explained it from their angle. Mm -hmm. And he could explain it from so many other different things, but like, because they were fishers, like, for example, they had, like, two different kind of nets, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the one was smaller. You throw it in. It had the weights on it. But then they had another, a bigger one that was, like, drag net. Mm-hmm. And you put it between two boats, and they're, like, teamwork. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the concept of, like, teamwork in the ministry yeah. was, like— And he used this later on in Matthew 13 when he was talking about, like, how the, the kingdom of heaven is, like, you know, the drag net. You mm-hmm. catch all these fish, mm-hmm. and then— I'm going to sort them, and we're going to throw out the bad ones yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Just him getting on their level yeah. like that to explain mm-hmm. what is so beyond us. Yeah. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's another great teaching aid that Jesus incorporated was the use of his uh, symbolism and his parables. And he was using imagery that they knew at the time. Yeah. And they would have known that, you know. And he, even though it was even in some spots where the disciples are like, Lord, why do you speak in parables? <laughs> we have no idea. It's like, because if I talk to you in plain language, it's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. So I've got to talk to you like this so that the majority of the people that are here understand this. But I'll explain these things to you, you know? He's like, I'll, it's okay, I'm here. I got you. I also love the fact that it was almost like he was telling them, you understand fishing. You understand it is extremely strenuous, Mm-hmm. And not always rewarding, correct? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to cost you your time and your effort and your strength. Oh. Yeah. And there's going to, you know, because, you know, Peter's sitting there thinking, too, there was times he was frustrated and angry, you know. It, it was then when Jesus came. I don't know any fisherman that's just super happy about not catching uh-uh. nothing. You know, it's like you went out there for a reason, okay? You you made the effort. You scheduled the time. You're out there for a reason. And if that's your livelihood, that's how you make money, like, you want to bring in the catch. Yeah, you know? especially what it said, what they had hired workers there that day. Yeah. So he was losing money. Yeah, he was going to be in the hole. <laughs> and I find that interesting as well, how the Lord would uh, use a situation like that. He would allow you to lose Mm-hmm. To bring you the win, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of people see a loss as a, a major complete loss, cut it all off, cut ties. It's a loss. I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah. But when you get into that kingdom perspective and, and get out of your flesh, you realize sometimes he pulls you back like a slingshot to launch you forward. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing. Yeah. I've thought of this, too. This is extra biblical Caleb Perkins thinking here. So nobody listen to this go, oh, well, that's in the word. You know what I mean? Um, 
But uh, I did have an interesting thought. So what? Uh, so they did catch those fish, right? Yeah. They brought the boats in, and we know that there were, you know, he signaled for his partners, and they came in. So there was multiple men that was bringing in the catch, and then those men ended up following Christ. And I'm like, uh, I've always thought in my own kind of understanding, it's like, well, they they after that point, they did, you know, put down their nets and they stopped fishing, right? Yeah. And they followed Christ, but. The, the fish were worth something. Oh, yeah. Right? And I'm thinking, I'm like, what if the denomination or the amount that they would have received from the fish was actually enough for them to take care of their families while they went and followed Christ? That's right? a great point. Because Peter had a wife. We yep. know he had a mother-in-law, right? And and so we don't know the extent of how big his family was or the other men's families, too. And so some people look at it and say, well, they just abandoned them. Well, no, I don't think they abandoned them. They uh-huh. would not have just left the fish and been like that. Christ is like, hey, you caught them for a reason. Go sell them. All right, you're going to follow me. We're going to be fishers of men. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I have these provisions to take care of my family. I'm going to go. I'm following you. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, just I an mean, interesting extra biblical thought from Caleb Perkins. The Lord provides. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> okay. they're... Every, I mean, everything you see in Scripture that Jesus does, he does it intentionally. He does it with a purpose, and there is a, a greater use to everything. Yeah. Even when he's nonchalantly praying, or so it seems, yeah. like in John 11, he's like, no, I'm doing this for you to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like... <laughs> doing this for a reason. Yeah. And when he's multiplying the fish and the loaves, there was excess that was left. There was no reason to have excess, but he was wanting to show them how much more he could do out of the little that they had. And then it was a blessing to those who were there. Yeah. Right? It it was ongoing excess. Like, imagine eating that stuff for the next week, you know, and you're like, this was multiplied. This is supernatural food that we're eating. That's that's amazing. And so he reframes the vision. He reframes our thought. And we... We understand the the desire to follow him, and we understand yeah. understand that need to be connected with him because with him there is that excess, there is that authority. It was also a great a great reversal or reframing of that whole concept, anyway. Because like when you catch fish, that's for their death. Yeah, and he's saying you're going to be fishers of men, mm-hmm. so. Are we catching them unto death? He's like, no. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I reverse everything yeah. into life. <laughs> and they're actually dying already. They are going to get newness of life and to step into it. They're in stagnant yeah. water. I'm yeah. trying to get them into the living water. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, there's just so much to the fishing thing, and probably one of the reasons why he chose it. Yeah. Like, you know, the lure aspect. You mentioned this in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. I think, with the uh, the lure and, well, both the devil and the Lord yeah. uses lures. Lures, yeah. But for what purpose? Right. Yeah. Satan's trying to entrap you and the Lord's uh, trying to free you, yeah. you know, and giving you all the opportunities to come back to him. And so he's placing these things out. Hey, you know, and just it's these little nudges that it's like, yeah, I'm going to draw closer and more towards the Lord. Where Satan's like, no, I'm going to entrap you, and I'm going to crush you, your family, everything you've existed for, you know, it's all going to be for nothing. And that's how Satan operates. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about those different things, which I always found it interesting, 
uh, how there are Satanists, and I'm like, you realize you're on the losing team. And they would even admit that, right? Because if you follow Satan, you got to know that God's real. So you're like, you know he's he's defeated. Yeah. Then why do you follow him? Well, see, that's that where that, no that reframing comes yeah. in. Because the enemy wants to reframe as well. Yes. Um, he'll yep. throw in the lure, mm-hmm. and he'll jiggle it and say, Hey, I'm actually the good guy. Yeah, I'm the good guy. Look I'm at this. trying to set you yeah. into freedom so you right. can do whatever you want away yeah. from that person who wants to just control your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's the whole reframing thing. But isn't that in and of itself Whew. controlling of your life? Well, they're like, they're about to find that's out. Deception, right? <laughs> yeah. The 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 lore of deception is ultimate manipulation and control because it's getting you into something that is not true, that is false. Yeah. Right, that is an error, and that's what the enemy does. He he comes in and he sets those things in. So I guess the real ultimate question is: is who are we allowing to reframe our vision? Yeah. Right. Are we are we going to? Well, there's three visions really. There's the vision you have for your own life, absent yep. from anything. Then there is the the reframing of the vision that God has for you, your purpose, your call, your destiny that. God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in it, right? But mm-hmm. there's still a choice. And then thirdly is the reframing of the vision of Satan trying to get you out of that. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times it is your own vision that leads you into the path of Satan. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, if it's he, absent of God's, it's obviously his. Yeah, well, because he <laughs> so, prays on it. Yeah. He's like, oh, you want to do that? That's cool. He's like, that's yeah, exactly you what should you should do. do it. Yeah, you deserve <laughs> that. You deserve that, you know? It's like, Peter, stay a fisherman, because if you could catch fish like this every day, you would be richer than Caesar, you know? Stay in this, you know? And he's like, no, dude, I'm, I'm never catching fish like this without Jesus, okay? Yeah. Jesus is where the provision is. There, There's an abundance with him. There's an anointing with him. And you know he grew up hearing all of the Old Testament uh, prophets and stuff, knowing the supernatural things that they walked in, and they're like, he's like, he's he's like them. Yeah, he's better than them. You know, it's like he's greater than them. And that's none of them ever multiplied fish and brought no. <laughs> brought up all these things. He's like, this is unique. And that's the reframing part. That's it's just mind blowing because it is a great reversal because we think in this if we walk by the flesh, well, we are living the true life. Yeah. And then he's saying, I have come to give you life and life abundantly, mm-hmm. like the true life. So I need you to flip it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a hard thing to do uh, for people that are walking in the flesh. Yeah. I, I kind of want to, we'll, we'll wrap this up here, but I want to uh, really give you guys some practical application on, on how to take away from this, right? So we can, we can read the story, see it in a different perspective, and say, okay, there needs to be a reframing from God. How does that happen? So I'm, yeah. I I want to encourage you guys that to take this time and to ask yourself and to, and to pray. Seek the Lord and find out. Be like, Lord, is the vision that I'm seeking, that I'm moving after, my mission statement, the things that's motivating me, are these of myself? Are they of Satan or are they of you? And uh, And follow after the things that the Lord leads you in, regardless if it makes sense to your mind or not. Um, following the Holy Spirit and being obedient to Him always pays off in the end, even if it doesn't seem like it does in the beginning. Yeah. Especially if it doesn't seem like it's what you want to do. Yeah. Because it's not always what you want 
to do. Right. Yeah. And I, and I've mentioned that in the podcast, my testimony, you know, I did not have a desire to go into the military. It was God who called me there and and it looked like it was out of the way. I'm like, this is not the career path that I wanted to choose for my life. You know, I wanted to be a criminal psychologist and be Dr. Caleb Perkins, criminal psychologist, extraordinaire, semi-detective. You know, I don't know. I thought those were always cool. And uh, and while I, I after I graduated uh, college and uh, got accepted to grad school for the master's program in psychology, day one there, the, the Lord says, you need to go in the Army. I'm like, what? Totally outside of the ordinary of what I thought um, my career path would be. So I had to reframe what I thought I was going to do, right? I had to have my vision reframed, my career path changed. And when I did that, then the Lord had to reframe me again from the military into the ministry. He's like, okay, you understand being a warrior? Now you're going to be a warrior for me. I'm going to make this transition for you. Okay, I'm following you. Okay, let's go. From one step to one step, from glory to glory, revival, revival, awakening, awakening, to the next new reframing to the next reframing you know that's yeah. why it's important to to continually be led by the holy spirit i absolutely agree it's not always the easiest yeah. sometimes it is a painful process uh, well i just posted about it not too long ago mm-hmm. where it's uh the lord led me to uh, isaac and mm-hmm. he's, yeah you know you gotta love the giver more than the gift mm-hmm. and absolutely. lay things down be willing to completely surrender and unfortunately, it took me 20 years to be like, okay, I completely surrender. But I had to reframe, like, through each chapter of my life, acting, music, uh, this, that, whatever, uh, what I thought was ministry, um, yeah. my career path, you know, everything, until you finally like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm being obedient. So that's what they did, the fishermen. Yeah. They had their own ideas, but they— they were willing to reframe. Yeah. Amen. Well, we pray that this episode has encouraged you and has uplifted you. As always, have a phenomenal day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.